0: Last time we talked, I was in Fort Myers. Got to spend a very productive week down there. Really enjoyed my time around that team. Uh, Access was great. A lot of great personalities. Uh, Correa's personality really dominates that clubhouse in a good way. A lot of optimism around that team. Since we last talked, uh, They have, the Twins have added uh, Dennis Santana and Jeff Hoffman. They have added you know, two relievers. They have added Donovan Solano as another bench bat. I think the Solano move, you know, listen, you can always use uh, bullpen depth, and who knows if those guys end up ever playing a big role, but it can't hurt to have a couple of extra arms around. I think the, the Solano move is really interesting. Uh, Roy and I were just talking about this off the air, Lavelle, the fact that they added a guy who has been a pretty good major league hitter uh, who can play around the field, and it makes me wonder if the last position-playing spot on this team isn't going to go to somebody like Larnick or Walner or Garlic. Maybe they're going to go with an extra infield bet.
1: You wonder. Um, I have to admit, I didn't know much about Donovan Solano when this move was made, and I went back and I was stunned to see that he was a Silver Slugger Award winner in yeah. twenty twenty. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's put up a couple eight hundred OPS seasons, um, so he's he, there is some productivity there that could be useful coming off the bench. Um, I wonder. I wonder if the Twins just decided that. Uh, if it's not Larnick or Walner, they're better off playing consistently at triple-A instead of getting sporadic at bats in a major league squad, maybe. Um, a guy like Sol- Sol- uh, Donovan is 34 years old. He's been around, so he can sit on the bench. He can come off the bench. He can pinch hit. He can uh, he can play in- intermittently. And Maybe that's uh, part of their thinking uh, for this move. Plus, you've know, you have, uh, you've got people who can't play the outfield. I mean, you got Michael A. Taylor as the primary backup. And you could actually throw Kirill off in the outfield if you have to, you know. So, And you could throw Nick Gordon out there. So um, maybe that, that, that is her thinking, Jim. But it was, a, it was an intriguing move. Um, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll wait till we can uh, comment on the relievers because I was wondering if this meant the end of Trevor McGill. But, uh, yeah, the Solano move does open up some possibilities for the Twins to have some flexibility in, in that bench.
0: Let's get Roy's thoughts. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Our producer is Brandon Morton. The website is TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We have all the sports covered, all kinds of outdoor content. Now we have Joe Anderson, Dave Lee, and Mike Grimm on the Gophers adding to our lineup. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And uh, we are being brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We'll tell you a bit more about Aquarius later. Uh, last year, Solano, 770 OPS against lefties, 704 OPS against righties over his career, slightly better against lefties than righties. And obviously Nick Gordon is more of a – Hits, hits right-handed pitching better. So he kind of fits as a, a late-inning pinch hitter. He fits as a moves guy. And I, I do think, Roy, the interesting thing about the DH slot, and I asked I asked Rocco about it when I was down there, he said, you're looking for a DH or you looking to rotate your players through? And he immediately said, we want to rotate our players through. You could see Buxton getting a lot of bats at DH, Correa, Miranda, Polanco. And if you're using that slot for those guys, maybe you don't need the traditional-looking DH.
2: Yeah, there's a lot, uh, kind of a lot to unpack in in all of that. Um, I think the the rotation idea that they that they have is a uh, is a good one. It's a way to keep guys uh, keep hitters in the lineup. Want to give somebody a a bit of a break from uh, running out there in the field for nine innings. Uh, So that's you know that's part of it. Solano um, adds another uh, option. Uh, there to either DH or against a left-hander, or to play in the field. They're going to arrest somebody, uh, and that somebody uh, DH. Uh, the uh, the rest of it is uh, Lavelle. hit on, but I would just uh, I would just um, amplify. Uh, I guess I, I I think that when you look at first of all Solano's 34, 35 year old veteran. He's been around. He can, as Lavelle said, come off the come off the bench i think that when you can hit like he can hit and i'm not saying he's the you know he's going to hit 300 or hit 40 home runs i just mean he's he's a solid big league hitter and nothing much affects a guy like that he can he can not play for a while and and come and come and get some hits he can pinch hit against left handers and uh, that final point the left hander against left handers is maybe the most important point when you guys are talking about whether or not you know Larnick and Walner. Um, I really think with Gallo and Kepler in the outfield, you know the two you know, left-hand hitters. Uh, then you've got Nick Gordon and you, you've got Kirilov at, at Kirilov at first. Um, now you've got the, the off players are you know considerations: Larnick, Walner, and um, uh, Garlic. Sorry.
0: Garlic, were you thinking?
2: No, no, they're two left-handed hitters. The no, uh, left-handed, Nick, I'm sorry, left handed hitters. Nick Go Gordon ahead. And, and Walner and
0: and Larnick.
2: Yeah. Um, it's left-hand heavy. And and you, your your other, your right-handed option is it's not a starter, is garlic and you know, now Solano. And you look at that and you gotta say, you know what, Walner, I don't think Walner Walner proved to me that he's got a lot of potential to be a power hitter in the big leagues, I don't think it would hurt him to start in AAA at all. Uh, I don't know. I, I think you want Larnick to play. Um, so, I mean, the, the addition of, uh, of Gallo, um, I think makes him left-handed, you know, more left-handed heavy. Solano probably, being a guy that can play around the infield, probably going to be the guy.
1: And I, I sense that there's some concern about uh... I think I've heard of concerns about uh, Walner uh, hitting breaking stuff, too, um, that they may want him to kind of work on and and firm up a little bit. But uh, the power is real. And uh, with Walner, he um, had a big jump up in, in um, taking pitches and drawing more walks uh, in 2022. So uh, he was trending in a good direction when they called him up. But, yeah, the one thing I heard is that his, um, his recognition and, being able to make contact with breaking stuff is a little bit of a concern. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's on the list of things to do uh, as far as taking the next step in development for him. And Larnick, I just, I just wish the guy would stay healthy so he can see what he can do in a lineup over a long period of time. Um, because uh, always been enamored with his ability to draw the ball to center, right, uh, left center. Um, and, you know, he came into the professional ranks, you know, having to clean up a hole uh, on the inside, um, just busting them inside because they didn't see him as being much of a pull hitter he's had some success at that so um um i, I just think both those guys probably could do with a stretch of time where they're just getting the bats every day and see if they can get hot or take their game to another level
0: and i think it's gonna be really and let's frame this the right way too we're the natural thing to do in spring training is talk about who's going to be on the opening day roster and it's of interest and it has some importance and it could affect how you play early in the season. The reality is even if the twins are relatively healthy, which they weren't last year, they're still going to use 40 players. And so Larnik and Walner are going to be in the major. If they perform in the minors, they're going to be in the majors at some point. Uh, You know, they're going to use a bunch of different relievers. They're going to have burnout games where they have to go get somebody from St. Paul to help them the next day. So, As much as we want to have, you know, talk about the 26-man roster, you're really looking at uh, good teams have about 40 players that can be of use to them. So there's nothing wrong with having Larnick, Walner, Garlic, people like that at AAA. Right?
2: Yeah, they should. I mean, Walner especially, Larnick probably. uh, They need to play. I mean, you can't have Larnick languishing on the on the bench in the big leagues. He needs he needs to just keep uh, honing. Uh, big league caliber skills uh, uh, or approach because he has he has the skills. I mean, I really like the kid as a hitter. Uh, but again, I just, neither Larnick nor Walner have really shown. You know, Walner because it just hasn't been enough time yet, and and Larnick because of injury. I mean, they just haven't shown enough in the big leagues yet to just make it automatic. Well, yeah, they, they there's a lot of potential. Let's let's get them on the bench and you know, we'll play them once in a while, I and mean, that, that's no good. I I, I mean, I hate. I hate to say that for guys, you know, guys, guys that age, they don't want to hear stuff. They don't want to go back to the minor leagues. They want to be on the big leagues, in the big leagues. But, you know, you you need to be, force your way into the, into the lineup as a young player um, in the big leagues by, you know, getting, get really fine tuning your hitting approach in, in, uh, at AAA. And as Lavelle said, I mean, if it's, if it's breaking balls for Walner, if it's, you know, pitch if it's pitching inside to, to uh, Larnick. Both of those things need to be. You have to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna do that, okay? and uh, still be effective in, you know, with other pitches, breaking stuff and pitches away and stuff. When you're concerned that they're gonna pitch you in, or you're concerned that they're gonna throw you breaking balls and do with the, in different counts with a fastball. So there's a lot of there's a lot of maturing as a hitter and figuring out, you know, what you can do well and what how you have to protect otherwise. And uh, I, I just don't think that they've had enough time certainly not in the big leagues to, to
1: say, yeah, they've figured it all out. You know what this means? Just <clears throat> means that uh, the Saints are going to have a hell of a team this year <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Um, I was just looking at it. The Twins used 25 position players last year and they used, I want to say thirty. Six different pitchers. I'm not counting Jermaine Palacios and Nick Gordon, who had the. Pitch. I just I just rounded up to hundred Lavelle. Yeah, you know, but they they uh, Tyler Thornbook the, threw an inning for the Twins. Ian Hamilton, uh, Austin Davis. You know, I, I was like, I even forgot these guys were were even on the roster, were even the organization. So, um, you know, it's a matter of your depth is going to be ch- tested. And I think the Twins have done a really good job of building out the depth on that major league roster because adding a Solano allows you to, uh, allows Walner and Larnick to develop on their own pace. And adding some of the pitches they have, you know, also helps in that regard. Uh, the rotation at St. Paul should be really entertaining. And they should have some thumpers in that lineup, man. But, you know, we'll probably see, you know, like I said, um, 30, 37 pitchers and 20 on that's 62 players. Yeah, you're going to see a chunk of uh, St. Paul's roster with the twins during the season because they're going to be needed.
0: No doubt about it. Let's get to uh, Duran being unofficially named closer, at least from the people I've talked to, and though I don't know that they'll ever make that an official announcement. Uh, we do want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Here's more on Aquarius. The holidays are over and we're all dreaming about spring. But at Aquarius Home Services, we know old man winter isn't done with us yet. Remember last year? We had snow in April. That's why at Aquarius, we're offering $98 off any furnace repair. With your safety and comfort as our top priority, we'll treat your home and time with respect. We'll provide options that make sense with upfront no surprise pricing. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, sponsor across many shows on this network and pretty much <laughs> every sports uh, team in town. TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, 612 TSR Time. If you need their kind of help, they will be very helpful. They won't charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases, 612 TSR Time. So uh, I was down there and I had a couple people tell me, yeah, Duran's going to be the closer. And again, I don't think they've I, – I, if they made that kind of, as an announcement, I haven't seen it. But it's pretty much acknowledged internally. Uh, and it, they could have gone different ways with this. They could have said, OK, Lopez was an all-star closer last year. Let him handle it. Duran will be the, the secret weapon you use wherever you need him. They basically decided he's our best closer. We're just going to lock down the ninth inning. Let's uh, get Roy's thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I think they could go uh, either way. I like the fact that they're that they're naming one.
0: I, I like the fact that as a young kid, that uh,
2: first of all, has the stuff to be an all-star closer. Uh, I felt like he could have been in the all-star game last year uh, mm-hmm. it, by virtue of stuff and, and how, how he had performed, even uh, if it hadn't been enough innings to, you know, really get his stripes. But, but I think that he's got the best uh, that potentially, um yeah, you know, as we talked, we've talked about before, I mean, if, if he, th- if he locates the three pitches he has, he's going to be as dominant as anybody in the league, maybe, maybe more so. So why not, you know, give him the, the, the mental stability is yep this is you this is what you're the guy and uh let's see what he does with that and the, the luxury that they have is uh having a guy like lopez uh able to pitch the um, able to pitch the eighth then uh or maybe even four outs starting somewhere in the in the seventh and um and and they've got Guys before Lopez, uh, now that can get them from the fifth or sixth to or the seventh or, or eighth, so I like it. Uh, you know, the bullpen is a real strength for him, I think. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, I think uh, Duran just keeps getting better and better, and and so he's he's got the best, the absolute best, good as Lopez stuff is, and it's awfully good. There's you know, there's nothing like Duran's stuff, there just isn't.
1: You know, the thing I really liked about Durant, too, is that the Rocco didn't mind using him for a second inning. I don't know how much he's going to do that this year, but it's always good to know that if you need him to go two innings, he can do it. Um, so, you know, you've got a nice little mix and match there with him and Lopez. It, and Once again, I, I hate these conversations. Always end up bringing up uh, Emilio Pagan. But if Pagan could get just turn the corner and be serviceable, you get three guys in that bullpen with closing experience. Which is you know, real, a real handy thing to have um when you get into the final three innings of a game. You know, you can go you can go one, two, three with each one of them throwing an inning, or maybe it's a, a time where Lopez needs to get four outs or Duran needs to get four outs. I mean, once again, the flexibility and the possibility of really having options uh to close out games is is pretty vast here. Um, if all those guys are throwing well at the same time. Um uh you know, I'm still upset that uh, Joe Nathan didn't get enough votes to stay on the Hall of Fame ballot because I think the stuff he put up, especially over a seven, eight year period, was right up there with Mariano Rivera, and he deserved to stay on the ballot. Johan uh, Duran, uh, with his rookie season, which is one of the better rookie seasons by a reliever slash closer ever, um, is setting himself up for a run of dominance here. Uh, that may make him the uh, the best closer in baseball since Mariano. I mean, you got to look at that possibility with the with the uh, tools he has in his toolbox and the success he had right away in his career. So, um, I, I I really dig where the bullpen is at. If you think uh, a year ago um, they had Joe Smith, Tyler Duffy, uh, Joan Joan Romero, and a couple other faceless wonders in that bullpen on Opening Day. And you compare it to what they're going to have in this bullpen this opening day, it's night and day, and and that's been it's, it's uh, the foundation is Duran and Lopez, you know, there for the last couple of innings. I, I got a couple of
2: points uh, more about the uh, the bullpen. I think I
1: had one, but now Lavelle just
2: uh, raised uh, the other one. I, I, there are a lot of people that grumbled about the um, the Twins uh, last year and how you know how bad of the season turned out. They were playing with a AAA team. Well, we're- just kind of talking about it. They there playing with a AAA team the second half of the season, uh, trying to trying to compete. And starting the first half of the season, to Lovells Point, I mean, starting with right at the beginning of the season and for the whole season, they they used all those pitchers that you are just talking about, half of whom you know we you know we hadn't heard of and we'll never hear from again. So I mean, it, it I think for to do as well as they did and with Buxton hurt and uh, Polanco not swinging the bat very well, probably because of uh, you know more injury issues. Um, I, I mean, was, I, I don't think it was a failed season, in it sense it at all. I don't think that the expectation could have been a whole lot better once you you get back and you know who they were running out there on the mound and in the field a lot of the time. Um, but the the other point I wanted the the main point I wanted to make uh, about the bullpen again, I really like Moran's stuff. The left-hander, and um, it, you can see that if he doesn't walk people, he gets them out. Uh, and it, I think he's going to be a real key because we talk about the guys. Emilio Pagan, I think, has a chance to figure it out. Uh, Griffin Jacks uh, has a real serviceable right-hand pitcher uh, out of the out of the bullpen, uh, and, and and so they need another another left-handed pitcher and. Uh, out of the bullpen and Moran has got uh, he, uh, to me he's got late inning stuff late inning left hander stuff and i'm hoping that he figures out command of the strike zone with his pitches because he could make a I, I think an underrated huge difference underappreciated how much difference he could make with that stuff uh, if he figures that if he figures out the strike zone
0: what for what it's worth Pagan was incredibly chipper and optimistic in spring training uh for a guy coming off a terrible year who lost his clothes job and everything else i don't know what that means but he's certain uh, you know at least he's not sitting around sulking or feeling like he got you know was victimized or unlucky he he knows that he needs to fix things he seems to have a great attitude about it the stuff is there uh and the other name that we haven't mentioned is Alcala, who looked fantastic when i was down there
1: that's great to hear uh as far as Ore akla and um, What were your thoughts? I saw that Trevor McGill had a kind of a hiccup outing was his yep. first one, um, but he, he can touch a hundred with his fastball. And I think he's developing a, a secondary pitch to go with it. But I guys, I, yeah, so when um, the twins announced the signings of those other two hard throwing pitches, I wonder if McGill's spot was rather tenuous in that bullpen. What was your take on all that? I don't really have McGill in my bullpen. Um, It's possible he'll make it or somebody gets
0: hurt and makes away. I mean, you know, so five starters basically. Yeah. So I guess they're going to have eight relievers. So McGill could certainly figure that in, but you got Duran Lopez, Jax, Alcala, uh, Thielbar, Pagan, Pagan. So, and then is your eighth McGill? Uh, or is your eighth kind of a utility pitcher or a spot starter or somebody who can back up, you know, Maeda, if you only expect Maeda to go a few innings early in the season? Uh, that's, to me, the question. McGill could make the team. I'm just I'm just not as high on McGill. Uh, to, to me, there are people like, you know, Alcala, go great stuff, and I could see him really developing into something. I'm just not sure I'm sold on McGill as a pitcher.
1: Okay.
2: Let me, so – the, here's the thing about McGill. He he has is even though he can touch a hundred, it's not enough velocity, and it, it doesn't appear there's a lot of that there's extra carry on that. So it's right. not it's not hundred. It, it, that you know looks like a hundred and four. It's it's more it's more a hundred. Looks like ninety six or ninety seven at best. The way the hitters approach the fastball with with him, but the biggest problem is he doesn't have enough velocity. To overcome the fact that he's got no secondary pitches, uh, yep. he he was fastball curveball last year, and the curveball just did not. I mean, it looked like man, this is pretty good. He throws hundred, and he's got this do drop twelve to six curveball that looks like he's got good, good uh, uh, declining elevation in a hurry, and no one was really fooled by it uh, all that much, and he in you know, classic twins. I mean, they guy who can throw a hundred, and they wanted to flip his breaking ball up there, and he got beat on he got beat on breaking balls with uh, by hitters that it looked like he was overpowering with fastballs, and and guys that can fastball his fastball is not enough, and and uh, you know, I like his potential uh, when you when you throw in the high you know whatever it is whatever works out to be that the actual velocity. Uh, with carry or lack thereof. If it's high, if it's above 96, you got to, you got to like the potential. But I just, especially without a changeup, I don't like fastball, curveball combination for a reliever. I think he's got to, he's got to develop a slider or he's got to come up with some really good changeup. I I don't see it for him. I I mean, I like, I, I like the guy a lot. I like his arm. I like his size, like all that kind of stuff. But um, to me right now, there's just not enough there to get big league hitters out.
0: Yeah, I agreed completely. Uh, Next week, let's talk about who could develop into a true ace out of these starters, if anybody? Let's oh also boy. talk about who should be batting leadoff because I think there are some really fascinating possibilities as Rocco puts, and we know he's going to use 162 different lineups, but let's talk about theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, who could be an everyday leadoff hitter or at least a platoon leadoff hitter. A lot of interesting ways we could go that way.
1: You just Pretty, want to tell the story about the about the media lunch when I asked Rocco who could be his leadoff hitter, and he wanted a roster to look at, and I had one in my hand. Yes.
0: Yes, uh, we, that will be part of the discussion. Uh, for today, I want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton. Let's get final thoughts from everybody. Uh, mine will be on Latroy Hawkins. Uh, Lavelle, what is your final thought for today?
1: Oh, my, th- my final thought is um, – uh, do I need to be concerned about Jose Miranda's shoulder? Uh, he's he's stepping out of the World Baseball Classic. No. Um, I hope you're. I hope you're right. I hope this isn't something that's going to linger into the season. Because with twins injuries, you never know uh, if they're just a little tweak or if it's going to be something a little worse than that. Um, hopefully, they're being overprotective at this point of, of the game. Uh, but uh, I want that guy to be as healthy as possible uh, to start the season at third base because he's going to be a big key to that offense. Well, you've heard of the
0: ACL strain and the MCL strain. Yeah. This is a WBC strain.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like
0: any player who didn't want to play in the WBC, uh, the twins were very happy to, to invent a sore joint for them. Uh, Miranda, (laughs) they, they announced that Miranda wasn't going to play in the WBC because of a, uh, because of a sore shoulder. Then like the next day he, played in the spring training game, he got a hit. You know, I, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure his, he has a shoulder that is a little sore right now for some reason he could have played in the WBC if he wanted to. I think he, I think he Correa, you know, a lot of these guys are saying, Hey, this is a big year for my career. This is a big year for the, for the twins. I'm just not going to go mess around with, with what essentially are exhibition games uh, during the middle of spring training.
2: My final thought is I love all of that. I, I you don't play.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I,
2: you know, I, <laughs> I, it just there is no uh, upside. There's no good risk reward for uh, going early in spring training and play. Uh, you know the WBC. I mean, I don't want to knock that whole concept. I think it's really cool. But you got a guy like Miranda that. It, 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 I mean, he could go. Sure, he could go play in the WBC. His shoulder would probably be fine. But if his shoulder somehow gets Stressed more than they think it's going to, because he played in games that don't mean anything toward the Twins winning here, then that's a travesty. And and I I agree with you, Joe. I I hope guys. I mean, I think that it's good for baseball to play this thing. I don't think it's good for the key players on uh, a team like the Twins, where they're poised to be. I don't think it's a good idea for those key players to play.
0: Agreed. Uh, my final thought will be on Latroy Hawkins, uh, one of my favorite people, one of the best people I've ever covered. Great to see him in spring training as a, you know, advisor and and spring training coach. Had a great conversation with me, and uh, that I ran in the paper the other day. And of course, one of the great points he made, I've made it on our football shows here, is he talked about growing, you know, watching Patrick Mahomes grow up, watching Patrick Mahomes play high school. Uh, play at Texas Tech he said he said something that I really not sure I've heard anybody say about Patrick Mahomes before he said he's exactly the same quarterback now as he was then he didn't develop into this guy he was this guy like his first uh, high school start I I just thought that was a really interesting insight Uh, also the one thing I heard from Hawkins and Derek Falvey is they really are they have prioritized power arms in the bullpen and to Roy's previous point I hope that also means that they're going to let these guys throw the snot out of their fastball as often as they like.
2: Yeah, no no sense in having power arms if you if you think, oh gosh, the hitter might hit fastball. Let's throw him something else. Makes no sense. Never made
0: any sense to me. Doesn't and and will will
2: never make any sense. to
0: Music to my ears because I like to
1: see more of that too.
0: (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. Good chin music show. We'll be back next week again. We'll hit a couple of uh, a couple of intriguing topics not arguments but discussions who should uh, who could be the ace who will bat lead off who should bat lead off of course there'll be some more developments out of the spring camp as well uh thanks to roy thanks to lavelle thanks to brandon we'll talk to you next week